There's a lot of surgeries that insurance companies don't cover, where it literally comes down to being you having to give up maxing out your credit cards to be able to mm. afford to see your loved one for one more day, for one more week, for one more month. And three, two, one. You're listening to The Real Social Proof Podcast with Mr. Sleepers for Suckers himself, David Shand. Let's get it. Welcome to another edition of the Social Proof Podcast where we find really, really dope people that did really, really dope stuff and they can teach you how they did it. Gooch, are you going to teach us how you did it? Maybe. No, I'm just playing. Of course, okay. I'm going to teach you how you did it. <laughs> I need the game because first off, I didn't, I didn't know who you were. I was invited to your house which I was like, oh, okay, this is dope. Airbnb, somebody read it out. It's you know, I get that all the time. People think my house is Airbnb. And no, because I'm... it's in the middle of the city and it's beautiful. Man, you know, thank you. I like hearing that. It's beautiful. <laughs> like, I mean, you had like the pool in the back and I think like you you put put out a screen or something like that so you can watch TV. In the pool. But it's like in the middle of the city because I, I know real estate but prices. Up you there. know, the funny thing is I wanted to make sure that I had something dope in the middle of the city because nobody has a swimming pool in the middle of the city. So I wanted, I literally looked for about two or three months just to find a spot that I'm at at a good price. Well, I guess what I consider to be a good price. Right, 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 right. <laughs> yeah. So like I said, that was one of the biggest things to be able to have everything I wanted and be able to take four minutes and be in Atlantic Station. Mm. So that was one of my Well, you said things. good price, Coach. What do you mean? Two million dollars good price. Two <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, this was my first mansion that I brought, and I wanted to make sure I had everything that I wanted. Like yeah. I work hard. Yeah. So I put in a lot of work in what I do for a living. I love what I do. So this is just me being able to live comfortable how I want to live. And me doing what I do actually gives me the availability to be able to purchase what I want when I want. And that house was a very big purchase for me. I bet. <laughs> how old are you? I'm 31. 31. 31. Young. Yeah, young. Hey, tell my knees that when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> and how long ago did you get the house? Um, I It would literally be a year and six months. I got it back in October of last year. Wow. In 2020. October of 2020. October 2020. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Man, well, I just want to say um, uh, congratulations on all your success, man. And I just want... I, I invited you here because I want to know how I can get a mansion in the middle of the city with a pool so I can watch... <laughs> so you, movies, so you yeah, movies well, yeah, 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 yeah. Well, well, it's funny. Just start off. Um, you know, I own a in-home healthcare business, a non-emergency ambulance company, and mm-hmm. a mobile detailing car wash. But my hold fir- on, okay, in-home. First off, we, let's introduce you because they don't even know your name. I say, yet. Okay. They don't know my name. Hey. I, was say, well, I was like, he usually <laughs> introduce people. I'm like, do they already know who I am? I, I went too far. I went too far. <laughs> Go for it. Go ahead and introduce All yourself, right, bro. So my name is Jonathan Gooch. Um, Instagram tag is at who is Gooch. I own, like I said, a mobile detailing car wash, a non-emergency ambulance company, and my main business is a private in-home healthcare business. In that business, I take care of individuals who have things that are called medical necessity. A medical necessity are things like muscular dystrophy, um, things like traumatic brain injury. Anytime you go to the hospital, you have a medical necessity. So my company sends out nurses, CNAs, LPNs to take care of these individuals. Licensed practical nurse. Yeah, licensed practical nurse and registered nurses and certified nursing assistants and nannies to take care of individuals inside of the home. And when we consider home, it could be anywhere from a nursing 
facility to a rehabilitation clinic to an actual physical home. So that's what I do on the day to day. So how long you been in that field? Three years. Yep, three years. I was a tattoo artist before that. <laughs> three years. Three years. Made my first million the first year. Now I made a lot of mistakes, but I did make my first million my first year of opening up. Wow. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. Okay. So you were a tattoo artist. For 10 years. For 10 years. Yep. And you know, that kind of threw me off too, because I think uh, when I got introduced to you, and they was like, yo, this is Gooch House. And then you gave me your Instagram, and there was a lot of tattoos on there. I was like, ain't no way in the world. <laughs> there ain't that many tattoos in the world. I'm okay, the bottle house, all these tattoos. So how'd you get into tattoo, being so a tattoo artist? The funny thing was, back when I was in high school, um, you know, when that song Tat Tat Tatted Up came mm-hmm. out, I mean, it was all over. So um, one of the guys that I went to school with, his uncle owned a tattoo shop. So we used to always go up there to the tattoo shop, like, all the time. And I was getting ready to graduate that next following year. Mm. So he said that he was getting ready to open up a new shop. So I literally was like, okay, um, I want to work there. Like, I don't know how to do tattoos. Can you teach me? He was like, well, I'm opening up a new shop. So I will do an apprenticeship for you. And from there, I did the apprenticeship my last year, my 12th grade year in high school. And then when I graduated, I um, I actually graduated my apprenticeship. Mm. So I was doing tattoos. I ended up going to college, Clayton State. Now, I realized it took me, let me see, it took me 10 years to graduate from college. So mm. for, with my bachelor's. So I don't have a doctor or anything. Like it took me 10 years to graduate um, college with my bachelor's, I mean, my, um, my bachelor's in healthcare administration. Mm. Um, but throughout that 10 years, um, what I was doing, I was literally just tatting. I would go take maybe three classes a semester, and then the next semester take two years off, then go back for mm-hmm. a full ride, which would be um, five classes, and then take two, three more years off, and then go back and take a um, a full, you know, a full course load. From gotcha, there. Gotcha. And then um, when I was actually tattooing, did you watch that? They just grab the door so they don't hit the doorbell. Yeah. Um. So when I was um. So when I was actually in school, I knew I wanted to be in healthcare. The reason I knew I wanted to be in healthcare was because I wanted job security. So when I was in high school, and you know how they give you those sheets um, of like, you know, what you want to do when you grow up. I, I mean, one of the things was I love helping people. So, you know, I love helping people. And I said, I need job security. Where is job security? What can you do out of life where you can tell somebody like, hey, do you have kids, David? Oh, uh, yes. Okay, so if I tell you this, and it's going to get kind of deep, so just it's just going to be, just stand with me for a second. If I tell you right now that give me everything that you possibly possess, materialistic, money, everything, and I'll let you spend one more day with your daughter, just one more day with your daughter, give me everything that you have. How quick would you give me everything you have to be able to spend one more day with your in daughter? Instance. Your daughter or your son? Yeah, in an instance. So, and, but the thing is, we say these type of things, but in the healthcare field, it literally comes down to those type of decisions. There's a lot of drugs out there. There's a lot of surgeries that insurance companies don't cover, where it literally comes down to being you having to give up maxing out your credit cards to be able to mm. afford to see your loved one for one more day, for one more week, for one more month. And that's one of the things of why a lot of people actually are in credit card debt today because of them paying for um, because of them having to pay for, um, like, you know, healthcare for, um, for them having to pay for healthcare, for them having to pay for surgeries and different things like that. Mm-hmm. And one of the biggest things is medication. Gotcha. So when I could come to somebody and say, give me everything that you have to be able to spend one more day with your family, how can you bet against that? And COVID, and, and COVID showed us 
that healthcare means a lot more. Most people don't pay attention to healthcare, at least until they're sick. But then when they're sick, you know, when you have that cold, when you have that flu, when you have that stomach virus, nothing else matters. Yeah, exactly. Your job, family, nothing else matters except for your health at that point. And how can you bet against that yeah, at the end sure. of the day? For sure. So you so you wanted to get in the field because you knew you'd have job security. Right? I knew I had job security. Did you ever get a job? No, I've never had a job. I don't even know how to even do a W. I've never, W-2, I don't even know. That, <laughs> like, I don't even know what they did. Right, right. I've never had to fill one out um, mm-hmm. in my life. So, you know, I've kind of all, being a tattoo artist, you're kind of an entrepreneur. Yeah, for sure. Because, you know, you work for yourself. You kind of make your own hours. Um, you know, I just had to pay the house, which I had to pay, you know, the um, the guy that owned the building. Yeah. Were you really good at tattoos? Um, I was okay doing tattoos. To be honest, I was okay enough doing to make money. Enough, well, the thing was, um, in the world we live in today, you don't have to be the best to make all the money. So I made a lot more than most tattoo artists made for the simple fact I was a people's person. Mm. So I didn't do the best tattoos. That's not what I did. Right. But um, I had great marketing techniques. I was doing tattoo parties. I mm. was going doing tattoos in the middle of a club. Literally in the middle of a club, you would see me doing people tattoos in the middle of the club. Um, you heard my name on the radio. All the people um, that, you know, worked like in the clubs and dancers and, you know, um, the tattoo shop was right by Clark Lana. And I was young. Because most tattoo artists, you know, are, you know, 25, 30. I'm 18 years old at Clark Atlanta giving out my card, hanging out, um, giving, you know, selling them I do tattoos. And I was showing them pictures and I did full body piercings. So doing those combination of both of those, people literally would just like flock to me because I was getting out and I was putting in the hard work. Yeah. Wow. So you're making money doing that tattoos mm-hmm. for 10 years. For 10 years. And then what happens? So... When it came close to me being able to graduate college, which was 10 years later, yeah. um, one of my friends, he said, hey, he already owned private homes, which are homes where people with disabilities go physically stay at the homes. Hold on. A private home is a place where people with physical disabilities. With physical, mental, or behavioral. Um, so somebody could have like autism and versus them being able to stay at their home. They have certain homes where if the individual is unsafe at their home, that they could go stay at this home. Um, it's kind of, you kind of think of it as the same way if a kid um, is in a home where there's a lot of like, you know, they're getting hurt and things like that. They take the child out of their home and put them in a group home. Mm-hmm. So it's the same thing, kind of like a group home, but for individuals that have healthcare needs. Gotcha. So they have people there that are nurses and things like that actually in the home to be able to take care of them. So it's one, is it an actual home like like they get these different houses or is it like a big hospital building? Um, so you have you can have the hospital building and you can actually have the home. What my friend did was actual homes. So um, what he did was he had individual homes that he rented out and he would build them out to have to hold maybe like 10 kids inside. And they of all the lived together. Um, and they all lived together. And then it was one staff member. It was one staff member. 10 kids, one staff member. Mm-hmm. Seems problematic. Them. It's a lot of problems, um, and it's a lot of overhead. So he tried to get me into being able to do that. It don't seem like overhead. It just seems like it's a bunch of t- kids with disabilities yeah, and, and, with one person trying to service all yeah, these disabilities. And they used to destroy the house. I can imagine. Uh, they used to destroy the house. Um, but when I say overhead, you had to actually <clears throat> you had to get the home. You have to stock the home. If they break anything, you have to pay. Um, mm-hmm. The liability of that was just too high for me. He tried for years to be able to get me to do it. Um, and, you know, it's Brad. Um, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, Brad, yeah, yeah. So that's okay. what he did. So um, after so long, um, the state basically came in and started shutting down the smaller homes, mm. um, the smaller companies like his. 
And he was just tired. So he came up, um, he was looking at new things to do. And he came up on the program, which is the private home care provider program. And he was like, um, it literally was so funny. Because when he first started, he was like, hey, you know, um, give me a year. Let me get into it. And then, you know, I'll let you know how it's going. And that was my senior year in college. Mm. So in that year's time, he went from, uh, he went from staying in like a two-bedroom apartment. Um, then he ended up moving to the Atlantic. Um, into a half a million dollar, um, a half a million dollar condo. So at that point, I was like, "Oh, some things are going on." Well, he we went out. Yeah. yeah, he brought a Fisker. He does. So I said, "You know what? I need in on that. Um, I'm a, I have an entrepreneurial mindset. I need in on what's going on." So I graduated, and then I put in my paperwork to be able to open up my own home with Brad Guidance. So that's how I got into what I do today. Okay, so Brad got so he was doing these homes. His joint got shut down. Then he well, it didn't get shut down, but it just became a little bit too hard for him to be able for to operate. For sure, for sure. But so, and I'm, I'm trying to understand the pivot between what he was doing and what he's doing now or what you guys are doing right now. So the pivot is when you have the private homes, the individuals are at your location. What we do now, we just send out the nursing care to the actual oh. kids or the adults' home. So just let's just say, you know, if your great-grandma is at your home and she have dementia, so if she has dementia, more than likely she will leave the house. Um, she'll just walk out the front door. You're here working. So somebody needs to be there with her. So that's why you will hire my company to have one of my CNA certified nursing assistants to come take care of her. And I bill you hourly. Um, and when I say mm. I bill you hourly, what ends up happening at that point is I might bill you $20, $25 an hour and pay my staff somewhere around $10 to $12 an hour. So I'm making $10 an hour off of just Selling the- All right, let's do some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you can keep. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headache, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, access from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite. It just makes sense. You improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit from NetSuite? I know you see it. Listen to me. If you have everything scattered in business, you cannot grow. And everything is more expensive when you have more and more processes layered on top of each other, more and more softwares. You got to get out of that. And it, it will improve efficiency and cut costs. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to NetSuite.com slash social proof. That's NetSuite.com slash social proof. NetSuite.com slash social proof. Deal on that country. For sure. Which and, is fair. Yeah, which is fair. But what we know today, being the middleman is sometimes better. I mean, it's 99% times better than actually being the person that's actually putting in the work. You look at things like Uber, you look at things like Amazon. I mean, Uber, they don't own any cars, but at the end of the day, you know, they have what 
hundreds of thousands of drivers all over the world. And all they do is they just facilitate you being able to get inside of that Uber. They're just a middleman. So they make money, they make a small percentage off of every ride that they do. And the same thing with my business. I make a small percentage off of each and every one. Just to give you a little bit more insight, I have a case right now where it's a kid. She's eight years old. She have a lot of things. She's on G2, which means she gets fed from the stomach. Um, I mean, she has like a, a lot of medical necessities. This one case, I build an insurance company $42.50 an hour. Somewhere around there, like $42, $43 an hour. Um, and then I bill 70 hours a week for this one case. So at the end of the week, I make around $3,000. I pay my LPN, licensed practical nurse. I pay her $2,100 an hour. And I make $800 an hour off of this one. I mean, $800 a week off of this one case. Mm. At, the, at the end of the month, that's $3,200 that I make. At the end of the year, and this kid is sick, so she has to get nursing care every day, five days a week. Um, for the whole year. I make off of that case around, the case brings in $165,000 a year and I take home $45,000 from just this one case with virtually no overhead because I use a home office. And then office. The, the, the CNA, CNA, right? No, no, so the LP, licensed practical, this is a skill. So we have things called skilled, which are registered nurses and LPNs, licensed practical nurses, which are cases where kids are on G2, medicine, things like this oxygen, BiPAP. Then we have something called unskilled, which are things where certified nursing assistants come in and help with the ADLs, active daily living. The things that we do that we don't even think of. When I say things that we do, like getting up in the morning and taking one step out of the bed, mm. that's an active daily living. Mm. A lot of people aren't able to do those type of mm. things. So we have a person come in to actually help them out with brushing their teeth, with bathing them, with fixing meals, the things we do every day that we don't even realize that we even do. So with that and one, and that LP, L, um, licensed practical nurse, LPN, mm-hmm. right? They're there seventy hours a week, though. Seventy hours a week. I mean, six figure job, though. Yeah. Oh no, she definitely makes six figure. Every time yeah. I pay her paycheck, and then I pay my staff weekly. So I take home forty five thousand dollars um a year off of this. When I say virtually no overhead, because I use an in home office, um, I use a limited actual staff, um, to I pay those as contractors to be able to do very specific things. So that forty-five grand literally pretty much goes into my pocket after I pay her. So this is after I pay her. Wow. How many, how many clients do you have? Right about now, I have around like 45 to 50 clients all together. Dang. Now, all of those aren't that isn't, you know, I don't yeah, make that off, sure. off of those cases. But um, a normal case would be somewhere where I have, I bill for 20, um, an unskilled case, a kid that have something like muscular dystrophy. Um, and I bill around twenty dollars an hour, and I pay my staff around twelve, so I make about eight dollars an hour, which ends up being around like three hundred dollars, yeah, three hundred dollars a week at the end of the year, around fifteen thousand dollars off of that one case. Mm. Um, when I say virtually, and I virtually don't have any overhead, so you times that times twenty, ver- mm. then you add in my skilled cases. And the one thing that I love of what I do is. Um, a lot of the staff and things that I have, um, you know, I can negotiate their pay rates um, and different things like that, too. Mm. So, okay. So, for one, this is super cool. Hey, I looked up. There was just mad people here. Hey, how y'all doing? Y'all all right? You need a chair? You need a seat? You good? We can get you a seat, man. Mm. It's okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. So, um, so pretty much you just broker the deal. You find yeah. the client, you find the person to work it, you put it together, you make your money in the middle. Yes. And you did a million dollars the first year off of that. The first year. 
Yep. Like, you didn't have no skill set in that, you know? So, so the great thing about what I do is, a lot of times, and I explain this to people all the time, you don't have to be the best person at what you do. You have to be a good judge of character to hire people around you to do the things that you're not good at doing. Mm-hmm. So I tell people this all the time. At the end of the day, we focus a lot on, you know, um, meditation. We focus a lot, a lot on self-growth. But what we don't focus on, the things that we're not good at. If you can focus on the things that you're not good at and hire somebody to do the things that you're not good at, then you will grow. Mm-hmm. So let's just take a look at it like this. Um, something I'm not good at, I'm not good at looking at files, being able to, because um, nurses have to send in notes. I'm not good at sitting at the computer looking over these files all day long. That's something that I personally know. So I hired somebody to be able to come in and do that one specific thing for me because that's not something that I'm not I'm good at doing. So with me not having um, with me not having the type of degree that I need to own the type of company that I um, that I own, I have a nurse, a registered nurse that handles all the clinicals. So she has the medical background that's needed to be able to run the company, operate the company. So a lot of times, if you look at it, like I can own a doctor office without being a doctor. Mm. So my company, you don't have to have any type of medical background. You don't have to have any type of degree to be able to own the company that I own now. And that's why I came out with a course called the Home Healthcare Blueprint. And mm. it's at homehealthcareblueprint.com um, to be able to teach people how to own the type of company that I own without having a medical background or having any type of um, degree. And that's one of the biggest things about it. So what I did was um, when I actually got my license, I just read up on all the different things that I'm able to do with my company. And that's what I did. Then I started, you know, I hired a nurse. And when I hired a nurse, she was up on the contract. And then she walked me through the things that I didn't know. So with Mm -hmm. all the knowledge that I have now, I'm able to teach people how to do what I do without having that type of background, which, you know, is super simple. It's super simple when you have somebody to be able to walk you through because when I first started, man, I did a lot of... So I made a million dollars the first year, but I made so many different mistakes. One of the mistakes that I made was I didn't have an accountant. I'm thinking like, I'm not making money. I don't need an accountant. You know, I'll wait until later on down the line. Then when I got hit with taxes, it was like they couldn't even save me on any of my taxes or anything Mm. because I made a lot of mistakes. Um, I made a lot of mistakes with hiring. I made a lot of mistakes with... um, being able to reach out to the parents on a timely manner. So that's why I created this course um, to be able to teach people the mistakes that I made so they would not be able to make those mistakes. And I'm still going to ask you all the mistakes. I'm probably going to ask you all the questions that are already in the course, and you just got to promise me that you're going to give me the information. Is that cool? (laughs) No, no, I promise. All right, I appreciate that. All right, so so you get out of of college, Mm -hmm. and Brad says, yo, obviously I'm doing well. I'm I'm moving up in life. What's the first thing that you had to do? Um, I had to apply for my license. You had to apply for your license. Yeah. Is it different in each state? Um, each state is different. So each state, home health care over the whole nation is pretty much the same, but each state have its own policies and rules that you have to actually um, that you have to actually follow. Mm-hmm. So Georgia is one of the great states where you're able to do skilled. Um, you're able to get a permit that you can do skilled and unskilled and nanny agency companionship all in one. Skilled, um, unskilled. Nanny um, and companionship. What's companionship? So companionship is somewhere I would have a nanny that would take care of somebody that's elderly. Mm. Um, they're not doing anything that has really no medical to it. Um, something just as simple like as watching your grandmother at the house. Um, that would be something that'd be companionship. Um, mm. She's not bathing her. She's not brushing her teeth. She's literally just there just to watch over them. And if something happens, she calls 911. 
This is so cool, man. <laughs> because you can find somebody that needs a nanny, and then you be the person that provides it, and you make money in the middle. Yeah, and, and in my course, I actually teach about doing the nanny because the reason— So that's a good business, too, outside of home health care. No, nanny, everybody needs a nanny at the end. Anybody that has a kid probably needs a nanny um, one way or another, somewhere down the line of having kids. So one thing, I actually owned a nanny agency. So when I first actually got my license, um, my first permit, um, I actually opened up a nanny agency for the first maybe eight or nine months. And I was making $15,000 a month. Really? Before you got into the healthcare? Yeah, because it's up under the same permit. Um, it's up on the same permit that I have. Because I was waiting to apply for my Medicaid number. So, okay. So, you need a permit to get the net, to have a nanny agency, too? In the state of Georgia. In certain states, you don't have to. But in the state of Georgia, yes. Is it hard to get the license? It's the same license that I have for my other business. It's all up under the same... Is it just as easy as getting a driver's license? Or, like, it's just paperwork and you just apply? Well, so, in my course, that's what I teach. You have to get um, the permit. To get the permit, you have to write up something. It's called Policies and Procedures. So writing up policies and procedures is something broken down as if the state says that, um, let's just, let's take it back. It's kind of like a staffing agency. With a staffing agency, you have staff that go out to a certain job site and have to follow the rules and regulations of what that job is. With what we do, we will have somebody inside your home, but there's no one looking in on them and checking in on, checking in on them as like a manager would do. So the state comes in and say, hey, you have to write up policies and procedures saying that when this individual is in this home, that they have to follow by, by these rules. So those rules we have to write up and we have to submit to the state. So when we submit those um, policies and procedures to the state, they review them and they say, hey, this is good enough for the state. So we'll give you a permit to be able to operate. Because that permit, um, then you'll be able to build like insurance companies and things. Because as an insurance company, is a permit like the first the, the step before the license or what? Well, no, the permit is the license. Okay, gotcha. The, gotcha, the permit gotcha. is the license. So okay. you, so once you get that permit, that lets the insurance companies know. That let the individual at the home, the parent, um, or the mother and father know that hey, we're licensed by the state, and we have to follow by at least these guys. We have a set standard that we have to abide by of rules. So gotcha. that's where that comes in. So to have a nanny agency, you have to have policies and procedures because at the end of the day, a nanny is the same thing to me as a certified nursing assistant. You're doing things like bathing children. You're doing things like fixing meals. You're doing things like, you know, waking them up and bathing them and getting them dressed. Mm. So that's what you have to end up doing. And you did that for eight months. You were making 15 grand a month. 15 grand a month. Did you stop the tattoos at that point? Yeah, I had to. Yeah, I had to end up stop because um, when I first started my business, um, I made a decision. The decision that I ended up making was I wanted to give myself everything I had to this company, whether I succeed or whether I fail. So I ended up giving up everything. Um, when I say I gave up everything, I gave up social media. Um, if my friends came over during that time, they were helping sending emails. I literally have pictures where I've posted recently where you see my friends literally at the house helping me build my business. Up. Mm. So I, I gave up everything to um, to get to where I am today. Wow. Wow. So... 15000 a month doing nanny, nannying, um, nanny yeah. agency. Yeah, owning a nanny agency. But that, that doesn't seem like a lot of work on your part, though. No, well, it wasn't a lot of work on my part. A lot of work came in of securing the actual contracts with parents. Because mm. now, at, at this time with nannying, um, you know, you can find a nanny anywhere. So I had to present something to the parents that they've never seen before. Um, you know, we run background checks. 
Um, we have policies and procedures. And one, um, you know, we hold certain permits and insurances um, that a lot of other companies didn't hold. And then coming from the nanny agency, I had to have really, really good rates. Um, so, you know, I was sending a lot of emails to parents saying, hey, you know, we have this to offer. Come with us. And one thing about the biggest difference between nanny and agency and the healthcare side is with the healthcare side, we can send out pretty much anybody that has a CNA license, or LPN or RN to take care of the individual in the home. Mm-hmm. With a nanny agency, it doesn't work like that. With a nanny, you say, I don't like this person. You know, you want to meet multiple nannies to be able to take care of, you know, mm-hmm. your child. So instead, versus me just sending out a nurse, now I have to send out three or four different nannies for you to meet to tell me if you like them or if you don't like gotcha, them. Gotcha, 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 gotcha. Okay, so 15 grand a month mm-hmm. for the first eight months and then your license comes in. Then my second license come in for me to be able to build Medicare. Okay, so you can build Medicare. Mm-hmm. And then what do Medicare, you do? Medicare, Medicaid. Then what do you do? Um, so at that point, um, uh, I say about like the six-month period, um, I ended up starting to kind of transition. I ended up starting to kind of, you know, build my rapport with different um, with different hospitals and different charity groups and things like this. So when I actually got my permit, I was able to do like a full transit. Even some of the, my nanny cases end up being cases that I actually transitioned into my medical side of my company. Mm. So that's what I was doing at the point. And you have to run the nanny agency just like you run your healthcare agency. You have the same policies and rules that you had to, um, that you had to abide by, which actually worked out better for me because now I'm taking care of just a regular child, but I have to follow these same rules as if I'm taking care of a kid that has a medical necessity. Mm-hmm. So it kind of got my feet wet um, a little bit early. So now if my nanny mess up on her paperwork, it's not that big deal. But when my RN mess up on the kid that's trach invented paperwork, that's a bigger deal. So it kind of mm. taught me what I needed to do to not be able to make those mistakes. Got you, got you. So your first, your first year million was after you got that second license? The yeah, first year? It, yeah, it was after I got my second license. So like how many clients did you need to have to make a million dollars? Um, right then and there, because at that point I was doing nothing but skilled clients. So I had about 23 clients, 23 skilled clients at that point. 23 clients. So you serviced 23 families. I made a million dollars first year. Made a million dollars first year with a lot of mistakes. <laughs> with a lot of mistakes. <laughs> with a lot of mistakes. Yeah. What was the biggest mistakes? Um, outside of obviously what you talked about with taxing, probably your paperwork was all over the place. Um, one Accounting. Of my, one of my biggest mistakes was hiring people that did not believe in my vision. Hiring nurses that did not care for their jobs. That was one of my biggest mistakes that I made. So you're interviewing them. You could see, you know, you don't really care about it, but you need a job yeah, and you a want job. a per, you yeah. want an employee, so. Yeah, or they lived in like a certain area that there wasn't a lot of nursing care. One of the things I learned in what I do is if you can, if you can convince somebody to believe in your dream, they will, they will do anything for you. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's for any entrepreneur. That's for anything in the world. If you can convince somebody to believe in your dream when you're hiring them or just as a friend, then they will be there for you. They don't mind staying late. If something happens, they're going to do the utmost to protect you and your company. I was hiring people that didn't believe in my dream. I was hiring people that was leaving early, but putting on their timesheet that they were staying late. Mm. Um, Things were happening inside the homes. And your accounting wasn't on point either. Yeah, and my accounting wasn't on point either. So like I said, they didn't believe in, they didn't believe in me. They didn't believe in my dream. They didn't believe in protecting the company, the organization. 
Mm. That was one of my biggest mistakes. Wow. Wow. So now, even if you need, even if you have a client and... Is it like based off of a feeling? Do you have people take assessments or what? Um, so yes, we have people take assessments. Um, a lot of it is just being a feeling. Um, a lot of a feeling, reaching out to you know their previous employers. Um, I mean, you know, it, it literally comes down to it's almost kind of like when you meet somebody at the end of the day on a subconscious level, we're analyzing everything about them yeah. from the way that they're dressed, from when we have actually um, we have our meetings and things like this to um, to vet the actual employee, what they wear, what they say, how they act, things like that. Um, you know, I mean, it's a million and one thing, but we, we do that on a subconscious level. A lot of times, you know, our gut feeling mm-hmm. will tell us one thing, but our mind will tell us something else different. Facts. And, and a lot of times I believe that we got to start believing in our gut feeling um, and stop convincing ourselves with our mind. As I say, like, if, this, if I have a gut feeling that this is just not a good nurse, but my mind tell me that, hey, um, I need this nurse here for me to start generating money. So I'm going to go against my gut feeling um, and then I'm going to hire her. Or even with my employees now, I've run into a lot of things where I have employees not doing their job. I let it slide multiple times. And then at the end of the day, it ends up coming back to hurt me. Mm-hmm. So I went against my gut feeling because I'm like, I need this nurse here versus you know, letting them go and then telling the parent, like, hey, I get somebody else inside the home within a mm-hmm. week or two. Um, sometimes I get blinded and say, hey, you know, I just want the money. I want them to be able to work. Right, right. I need to, um, you know, have this client service at gotcha. the end of the day. And how long you been doing this? All right, look, I know you're enjoying the episode, but I got to tell you, finally, you asked for it and we created a Patreon, okay? We created an inner circle. We have amazing stories, amazing information, the how-tos from the episodes. The only thing we're missing is a community. So it's about that time. We put together a Patreon, we put together a community because we have to have conversation around the information. So let's throw some stuff back and forth. And because we're like-minded, we're all going in the same direction. When we connect in a community, we can connect on other stuff outside the community because we're building real relationships, okay? So check out the Patreon. We got three tiers. I don't care what tier you join. The support is appreciated. Okay, thank you so much. Now back to the episode. Three years. Three, three years. We're going on four years now. May will make four years. So you made a million your first year with mistakes. What about the following year? So the following year, I end up having to let some of my clients go mm. because I need to start back over. I was managing too much so I had to end up letting some of my clients go. I ended up hiring um, a young lady named Let's that came in and she literally cleaned up my whole company. But oh, in nice. cleaning up my company, a lot of our problem cases. So in what we do, we have cases that are headache cases. Um, when I say a headache case, it might be a parent that wants more than what we're able to offer. When I say more, um, in the home healthcare field, if a nurse has to miss a day, you know, there's nothing we can do if the nurse is on the way there and says that, hey, I can't come anymore. Mm-hmm. We have some parents that would literally say, I need somebody here to replace her. That's a headache case. We're, right. we're not able, we're not required by the state to even do that. Right. But, you know, when we first meet with the parent, we tell them like, you know, we say whatever we have to do to be able to, to get the client. And we'll say, you know, we, if, if a nurse is late, we'll have somebody fill in for them. But I learned um, just in doing business, I set realistic expectations. That's what I do with anybody. I set realistic expectations, just how I had to be here at 4.30. Um, I'm like, okay, I'll be at 4.30. But let's say if I need to be late and I told you, I'll be there between 4.30 and 5 and I get here at 4.45. I've already, and you agreed that I get here between 4.30 and 5. I've set up a expectation. Yeah. 
But yeah. if I tell you I'm going to be here at 4.30, right on the dot, mm. it's why no matter what happens and I'm here at 4.35, I, I've set an unrealistic expectation. Yeah. So now with families, I set realistic expectations. I tell them like, hey, if my nurse have to miss a day or two or three um, or a week, that we would try to find somebody, but the percentage of us having somebody to be able to come in might be very low. So mm. if the parents still want to go with my company after that, then that's great. If not, that's a headache case because in home healthcare, your nurse is going to get sick. Mm. Your staff is going to miss days. They're going to have car troubles. So, you know, just telling the parent 100% we're going to be able to staff you is an unrealistic expectation. Gotcha. So now I set realistic expectations. So did you make less the second year? Um, so the second year, I'm, I made around the same because when I lost those, um, those couple of cases and things, um, my marketing— I'm a beast at marketing in the healthcare field. I, I just am. I'm a beast at marketing in the healthcare field. So I was able to And the to goal get is to find your marketing to get the client or the or are you are you just marketing to get the client? And like there's like this pool of CNAs and LPNs that yeah, you so, can pull so, from. So um, and that's what I want to say about the healthcare. A lot of people ask me the question about employees and things like this. When it comes down to employees, the Healthcare has already did the hard part for us. Mm -hmm. When I say this, if, if something was to happen to me right now, I would be at a hospital within about 15 minutes. There's an urgent care clinic right up the street. Mm -hmm. You know, um, hospitals, urgent care clinics, rehabilitation clinics, and things like this. So no matter where you live at in the state, there's a hospital. Right. You know, there is um, a fire station. When I say fire station, because a lot of firefighters hold the certifications to be able to do home health care. Really? That's why you're, sometimes you'll see a firefighter actually working as an EMS, um, a paramedic on an actual ambulance. Mm. They hold, a lot of them hold the same certification. So at the end of the day, um, uh, just hospitals and urgent care clinics and things like this have done all the hard work for us by having somebody live in the area that has a nursing license or um, a CNA license. So, yes, there is a pool of, of um, employees all over the whole nation. Mm. No matter where you live at, no matter if you stay in the boondocks um, or wherever you stay at, there's a hospital somewhere within, you know, a certain amount of miles, you know, to you. And a lot of nurses that work for me, they literally, um, work, you know, they work at the hospital. Right. Or they used to work at the hospital and they're just tired. Gotcha. So, dang, this seems like a, just an easy business. Like, once you get the license, well, obviously you got a market to find— Okay, that's what I want to ask you. How okay. do you market? How do you get these clients? Because I'm thinking, calculating in my head, I wonder if this, I got time to do it. Do I have time to do it? Yes, you do. I do a lot, though. Yes, you do. Well, like I was saying earlier, or you put somebody in a position to be able to run it for you. Um, but so the, one of my biggest things about marketing was, the reason I say I'm a beast at marketing, because I've had other individuals that started these companies and they cannot find any clients. Mm. So what I did, and this is what you could do just in entrepreneurship and just anything, um, you look at it from the other side. Yes, I want clients. But if you take a step back and you look at it as, if I'm the client, where do I go? If I have a son that has muscular dystrophy, what kind of activities will I be able to take my son to? Right. If my son gets sick, where would I take my son? What kind of things, um, you know, where would I go get his medications and things? So I looked at it at that point. So I literally sat down. I wrote down a million places. If I have a son that has muscular dystrophy, where would I go? Um, I'm going to take him to Children's Healthcare of Atlanta. I'm going to take him to a specialty clinic, yep. um, a specialty doctor's office that only deal with clients with this one disease. 
So that's why I end up focusing a lot of my marketing. And then I said, okay, um, I have all these. Doc- you focus your marketing on the areas that on the you areas. wrote down. Yeah, on the areas that I wrote, the doctor offices that so I. So you'll find down. a doctor's office that specializes in muscular dif- dystrophy, uh-huh. and you'll say what? You go to the office with flyers. So or? and that's what and that's another thing. So my uncle is a doctor, and he owns a doctor office. And I asked him, I said, hey, if I leave a flyer at your office, um, would you actually take a look at the flyer or give it to your clients? He said, no. I said, so. How I like like what do I need to do? Right. So he came back and he said, "You have to have a lunch and learn." So what a lunch and learn is when we contact the office, we tell them like, "Hey, you know, we offer um, in home nursing services. Um, we want to be able to present what we do to mm. your actual employees." Got it. So we'll buy and um, you know, we'll cater some. If it's twenty people there, we'll go and get catered food. We'll reach out and you know get in anybody that's a vegan, and we'll set up this beautiful lunch. And then me and my staff will come in and we'll um we'll come in and just express what we do. Right. So do you yeah. do the presentations yourself? I used to do the presentations myself. Um, but I have people that I've trained to do the presentations gotcha. now. But um to take it a step further, um, and that's why I say, you know, I'm beast in it because I end up actually reaching out to charitable charitable events um and things like that. Okay. So charities, what I would do is I'll reach out to them and say, you know, because they have charities for um places like MD. Um, muscular dystrophy and things like this, and cerebral palsy. Um, so what I would do is I would give money to the charity, and then what they'll do is they'll let me come to their events and speak with their clients one-on-one. So mm. when the MDA, Muscular Dystrophy Association of America, when they actually have like this big event in Georgia where they have 60, 70 of their clients' families there doing things, wow. um, I gave them money, and now I gave them bags that had... Um, Next Step Healthcare Services sponsors um, MDA. Every person that came there ended up getting the bag that I had. And then even on top of that, I was able to to talk to the clients one-on-one. So I was able to gain a lot of clients from being able to do those type of things right there. Gotcha. So first year, million. Second year, million. But I can imagine you probably got to keep more. Yes, I got to keep more. Because you understood how it works. (laughs) Yeah, understood how it works. Third year. What was the revenue? So third year, I probably did two point five million. <laughs> yeah, in the third year. <laughs> you know what I was on? I was on the um, uh, my man Jake. He came on our morning meetup, mm-hmm. and he said scaling a business. People think scaling is just like this, but he said um, scaling is like you're going up. But if you really want to scale, you gotta like level off, let some people go. It's like a dip, and then you shoot back up. No, no, but that's that's true in my business because at the end of the day. Yes, I could keep on taking on clients, but sometimes I get to the point, and I just did this in October. I let go seven of my headache clients. So mm. when I say I had let go, because at the end of the day, those clients end up being headaches where I wasn't able to live my life, where I'm getting phone calls first thing in the morning about these clients. So I end up having to let go seven of my clients mm. that were skilled cases. Yeah. When I say seven of my clients, we're talking about what, almost three, four hundred K in revenue at the end of the year? My bad, three or four hundred K in my pocket. Right. The client, those seven clients probably end up bringing in around six, seven hundred thousand. Um, so, you know, Dang. so I end up letting go out of my pocket three or four hundred thousand dollars. Yo, first off, any business where you only need six or seven clients, you can make six hundred thousand? I mean, it's a, like I say, it's healthcare. And so let me just give you. A, a, and do they pay themselves, or like, is it insurance or what? So it's insurance. Some of them are private pay. Some of them are insurance. Like, um, I had a client that had a newborn, um, and he owned like three or four, um, well, what is it? he owned three or four Home Depots. So, um, I was billing him at right. sixteen dollars. Uh, well, no, I was billing him sixteen hours a day, 
at $45 an hour um, for three and a half months. I'm not counting your pockets. I'm just no, yeah. So, no, no. That's so three. So, some of the cases won't be you. Yeah. Phone. I mean, yeah, $45 an hour. $45 an hour, 16 hours a day. Six days a week. Six days a week. For three months. So, it's $4,300 a, a week. Mm-hmm. But you own, let, me, let me ask you. Like, is it based on the service or the client? If you own three Home Depots, you're no, like, it, yo, it, bro, no, you got to pay it, premium. No, it, it's based on the client. It's based, it comes down to being their medical necessity and their medical needs. This case, the kid was trach invented. So, when I say... I mean? So, trach invented mean that the kid wasn't able to breathe on their own. So we have a machine there to breathe for them. So that's the one that has like, you know, a hole in their throat. Oh, yeah. And it literally yeah. pumps air into their lungs. That's one of the most heaviest cases that you can have because at the end of the day, if something goes wrong with that machine, then they stop breathing. And one of the worst things that can happen to you is just any person is if you stop breathing within around three minutes, you start losing um, brain function for the rest of your life. So anything after five minutes, you know, you start becoming brain dead. So if you have a case where you have a nurse not paying attention and that machine stops or malfunctions or they get a bubble inside of one of the lines, then that child can die. And that's what happened um, a long time ago. The reason why home health care is so big now in the state of Georgia, because around 15 years ago, Kids were going home on these machines, but the parents did not know how to take care of their mm. kids, did not know how to take care of the elderly, and the machines were malfunctioning, and the parents just did not know what to do. So once you stop breathing and you call 911, you know, it might take them five to seven minutes, oh, 10 sure. minutes to get there. And by this time, the person has passed away. So the, the people, the heads of Georgia came up and they said, okay, um, these people are dying. We need to do something. Let's start sending nurses to the homes to be able to take care of these individuals. And it became something to be cost effective. Mm. Because especially now in today's world, I have some cases where I have some kids that were literally in the hospital for four months and their doctor bill was $1.7 million. Whoa! Yeah, from the hospital. $1.7 million from the hospital. So it's cheaper mm-hmm. to be able to have a one-on. And then, you know, you have a nurse that's taking care of this one individual that's taking care of 10 to 15 individuals. Now this um, individual gets a nurse to be able to sit there with them for, you know, how many of hours a day that we need to, the state tells us that we can be there, or the insurance company tell us that we're able to be able to be there. Gotcha. So 2.5 from the home health care agency? Yeah, from the home health care. So walk me through the ambulance. When did you start doing the ambulance, non-emergency ambulance? About a year ago. About a year ago. Mm-hmm. How's About that year going? Ago. Oh, it's going great. Yeah, it's definitely going great. So I ended up getting into non-emergency ambulance company because some of my kids were getting discharged from the hospital. When they got discharged from the hospital, we used to have to call another agency that did in-home health care but had a counterpart of non-emergency. They call it non-emergency ambulance because it's not— People think that, you know, when you're in the hospital and you have to go home, if you're in a stretcher um, and you're getting discharged, they don't call 911. You can't call 911. That's not an emergency because this person at this point is stable. That's called non-emergency. So I was reaching out to this other company to have them come transport some of my patients back to their homes. And with me being in healthcare, I'm like, this doesn't seem too hard. I started looking up the licenses and things like that. And then I ended up applying for my license for my company. Mm. So is that one profitable, really profitable as well? No, that one was very profitable because with the non-emergency ambulance company, um, I deal with like a lot of dialysis patients and things like this. So what essentially happens is we pick up an elderly person that's on dialysis and we take them to their dialysis appointment. We drop them off and then we go pick up somebody else, drop them off, and then we swing back around and pick all those people up. 
um, Medicare Medicaid pays us $150 to pick up this individual, and then they pay $7 a mile. So look at this. I'm paying my staff um, somewhere. I'm paying them somewhere maybe like around mm, $20 an hour um, for for a two-paramedic to pick up an individual and then um, take them there. But I'm billing them for $150 for each way. So I'm getting paid $300. So you pay them $20 an hour to pick somebody up and drop them off. And drop them off at the dialysis clinic. Drop them off at the dialysis clinic. Um, That's why, like, a two, three-hour situation? Yeah, about they'd be there about three hours. Somewhere three around hours? There, three or four hours. But the—well, the, the well, I guess it's the government they pay yeah, you $150? Yeah. So they pay you $150 each way. Yes. So you'll make 300 pay well, out well, that A little low. bit more than 300 because you got to count the mileage, too. And the mileage. And the mileage. $7 <laughs> a mile? $7 a mile. All yeah. right, so what's the—can I do that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I went in on all of, you know, we were talking, he was like, yo, I can put you on a business and we can just do it. I'm like, yeah, it's easy. Well, let's put it like this. It's almost kind of like this. If I come to you, um, or, or we could just say it like this. If I come to, if I come to Neo and say, hey, I want to open up an event space. Mm-hmm. Um, if I want to open up an event space, what essentially happens is I have no knowledge of how to open up an event right. space. But if I come to Neo and say, I want to open up an event space, he's going to say, oh, that's easy. Let's start A, B, C, and D. If I come to, you know, you and say, let's do a podcast, you're going to be like, oh, that's easy. A, B, C, and D. Right. It just becomes because of the knowledge that I have, I'm able to teach people how to do it. And that's something that I explain to people at the end of the day. Um, you know, there's a million one things that we can do out here in this world. If you want to own a hospital, if you want to own, do anything in the world, there are people that have those conversations that you literally tell them that and they say, okay, that's easy to do. So if I come to somebody that owns a hospital and say, let's uh, own 10 McDonald's and say, I want to open up a McDonald's, he's going to say, oh, this is where you start at. That's easy. Let's get it done. But to somebody like me that has no prior knowledge, it becomes super hard mm-hmm. um, for me to do. So I have that knowledge and I'm able to teach you that knowledge um, because that's what I do on a day-to-day basis. But I always tell people this, you have to be careful on who you use at a, as a mentor or who you use to be able to, you know, help you in your journey to open up those type of businesses. Because at the end of the day, just because I own that type of business doesn't mean I know how to teach somebody how to operate or own that type of business. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure. sure you can say that too. 100%. You know, it's a lot of things that happen in life that somebody is profitable. They make a million dollars a year, $10 million a year. But at the end of the day, that doesn't mean that they know how to actually teach somebody. Um, I can use photography. Um, it's a million and one people that know how to take amazing pictures with these high-def cameras, these yeah. new cameras that they have. But how many of those people can actually teach somebody how to be able to do that? Exactly. And that's one of the things that I want to say that's one of my gifts is um, I'm able to teach people and break down things to the simplest form and teach them how to actually um, operate this type of company or pretty much anything that, that, um, that you know, I do. In your course, do you teach how to start the ambulance business too? No. So um, I don't. So I'm actually shooting for that. So like, just the home health care yeah, right now. Home and now. that's pretty simple to get it. Is it simple to get into or is it, is it required? Does it require a lot of time, energy, and a lot of money? No. So to, to actually, to own an uh, in-home private home care business takes around $10,000 to okay. open up a full business. And that's, that's with marketing materials. Oh, really? Yes, that's, that's with marketing materials. So if somebody got 10K, 
You could show them how to really get in the business and be profitable. Yeah, and be profitable. And you didn't even know nothing coming from uh from coming from doing tattoos. Nope. First year, make a million. Nope. That's crazy. Nope. Didn't know anything. So how many people do you see get in and succeed versus people who don't? Like, is it a high? Like, you know, people, I, I see a lot of people start a restaurant and it just... And it just fails. Yeah, for sure. So um, with what I do, I want to say it's it's 50-50. Yeah. I want to say, say, the reason I say it's 50-50 because a lot of people get into this business without the right guidance. Mm. Um, a lot of people get into this. Uh, one of the biggest mistakes that I see a lot of people make is they... They want to be rich, but they don't want to sacrifice. I gave up a year of my life to this business. A lot of people... It's so important that Black voices are represented in Black media for so many different reasons. And the next generation of Black uh, voices and influencers from Black voices can be found on NPR's new collection, Black Stories, Black Truths. Black Stories, Black Truths is a celebration of Blackness from NPR. Each of NPR's Black voices are as distinct, varied, and nuanced as the Black experience itself. In the Black Stories, Black Truths collections, you'll hear stories of joy, resilience, empowerment, and creating world-shifting things out of struggle. And every episode is a living account about what it means to be Black today, told from a unique Black perspective. From Bobby Smyrta to The Wire, Michelle Obama to Reparations, there's no limit to the range of Black stories, Black truths. I listen, and I'm enjoying these conversations that are for us, by us. Black representation, again, it hasn't always been uh, shared from our perspective, and Black perspectives haven't been censored in the telling of America's story. Now they are the story. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of some of NPR's best podcast episodes celebrating the black experience. Here are a feed of episodes from across NPR's podcasts that center black voices. It's NPR. Noir. Turn on NPR today and hear a range of voices as very nuanced and black as the country we reflect. Stories should never be about us without us. Listen to the Black Stories, Black Truths on NPR, wherever you get podcasts. Don't have the capacity to give up a year of their life to this business, to learn everything, to make the mistakes that I made, to just keep going and keep going. And that's one of the biggest things I see with people today. They, they, They want, but they don't want to sacrifice. They don't want to sacrifice because they don't have faith in what they're doing. So if I tell somebody right now, hey, give me your phone right now and one year from this day, here go a check for $10 million. I tell you that. More than likely, you'll give me your phone. Yeah, but, destroy it. But if I tell you, hey, give me your phone, and in one year, there might be a check waiting for you for $10 million. Now is, let me look. I don't know about that. And that's the one thing with my business was a lot of people, they're not willing to sacrifice what they need to actually sacrifice to be able to build their business and build their foundation. So in my course, what I teach is I teach you how to build your foundation. Because your foundation means everything. I took on a huge heap of clients to make that million dollars, but my foundation wasn't there. Oh. So it's almost like building your house on sand. It's going to eventually fall. So what I teach people, I teach people how to build that foundation first. And I teach them like, hey, when you first open up your company, within the first 30 days, I want you to gain one or two clients. Oh. And then 30 days after you have those one or two clients, we're going to go out and get you another one or two clients. Because with you not having no medical background, with you not having no degree, no clinical degree in what we do, 
you know, I need to be able to teach you the foundation of how to actually run a healthcare company. Sure. Um, there are certain medical terms, like I say, skilled and unskilled, CNA, um, TBIs, which are um, traumatic, traumatic brain injuries and things like this. Because once you get thrown into, you know, conversations with doctors and nurses, they're going to use this just passively in conversation the same way that I do. And they're going to expect for you to know what they're talking about. Yeah. So there will be like a little bit of studying and things like this. But it's like with any business, you know, in the beginning, you know, sure. it's going to be studying and things like this. But because I've been through it, I can navigate and show you the, the things that you really need to study up on. Mm-hmm. I could give you the marketing tips and things like that so you can be able to build your company the right way versus having to make all the mistakes that I made. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so you got 10K. You can get in the business. Uh, is that including your course? Oh, I got to ask you a favor, too. You may or may not be able to do it, but can you... Um, like for my audience that wants to get started, mm-hmm. and I don't know how much your course is, but can we give a discount? I don't even know how much it is, but I like to give them a discount. Yes, we can do a discount. Okay, so we'll, we'll do like social proof, one word. Yeah, that's discount perfect. code. Yeah, social All proof right, see, discount I, code. Listen, if somebody got something to offer, you come over. I, I always just ask, and it's harder for you to say no on camera, so that's why I ask. <laughs> I try not to ask privately. Like, I want to ask you why the camera's rolling. So um, I'll put the link in the in the yes. thing, and you know they can use their uh, promo code social proof. Yes, and they can get okay, cool, cool, cool. All right, so so I can I do this if I have a job? Like, yeah. say I got a job. Because so I don't have a year. You might not have, no, no, you so, give up so a year. That's, that's the funny thing about it. So um, all of my mentees and the people that have um, brought my course and the people that are going through any things, one of their biggest um, questions is, hey, I have a job once I get this permit. Like, do I have to quit my job? How do I start? Once you actually get this permit, you have 12 months to get two clients. Once you get two clients, you have to um, let the state know that you have two clients. But once you actually get this permit, you, you can literally market at the pace that you want to. The reason why I grew so fast is because all day long, all I was doing was sending out emails, right, for sure. going from A to Z. But I have a couple of nurses. I have some people that um, are lawyers. I have a doctor that's up under my mentorship and things right now. And they're like, I don't have the time right now. So I say, okay, once you get your permit, you can literally take a couple of hours a week and you can research simple things that, you know, simple companies and things that you can market to. Mm. Um, we can go into, like, marketing materials and things like this and things that you can do once you get home from work at your own pace. So you move at your own pace, but with, you know, my marketing tips and things like this, you'll actually be marketing where you need to be marketing at, which is going to help you grow faster. So once you, um, so like I said, if you have a, you're working 40 hours a week, you can put five hours a week towards this right here. And then within a week or two, you'll probably have your first client. And then once you get your first client, um, it's not something where you have to just hover over them and look over the client. No, you're going to have a registered nurse on staff that's going to do all that stuff for you. Mm. And that's where your registered nurse come in. You have to have a registered nurse on your license. Um, And that does not have to be the same registered nurse that actually operates in your company as your supervisory nurse. Um, A supervisory nurse is somebody that looks over, that's the clinical part of your company. So I just own the company. Do I do any of the clinical stuff? No, that's what my registered nurse is here to do. Um, that's what my administrative staff is here to do. Um, I just look over, I kind of, um, I guess, operate as like, you know, the um, the COO, which is, you know, the chief operating, um, you know, officer. So from there, that's what I do. I just look over the operations and things, but the people that actually do the work, 
which is my RN and stuff, they do all of that work. And in my, in my course and things, I teach you how to get a registered nurse and things like that and not pay them a high salary. You hire them up on the contractual work, which basically means that, hey, what I'm going to do is versus you being on my staff for 40 or 30 hours a week, I'm going to pay you to do this one job and I'm going to pay you this amount. Because when I first started, I was paying a nurse hourly to do simple things like supervisory visits, which is a visit where the nurse have to go inside the home and supervise our staff taking care of the kid. Um, right now, it's once every three months. Mm. That has to happen. So I was paying her hourly and giving her gas. Um, I was, and we have something called a physician's plan of treatment, which is something that the physician signs off on that says that, hey, this child or this adult has this type of medical necessity. Um, this is the medications that they're on. This is the things that they're able to do. They sign off on that. So your nurse, your supervisory nurse has to create that form. Right. I was paying a nurse hourly to do that. And I was paying her $30 an hour. So something that literally takes 20 minutes to do would take her three hours to do. <laughs> then I came back and I came back and I said, hey, you know what I'm going to do? Versus I'm going to pay you to do this one job. I'm going to pay you $30 to do a physician's plan of treatment. So right, I started knocking them joints out. Then she started, I didn't right. care how long it took her. <laughs> right. But then they started knocking them out. But in, sure. in my course, I teach you simple things like that on how to actually save money in your company. Um, when you first start your company, because those type of things come up. And I teach people that when you first start your company to directly ask you a question. No, you don't have to put a lot of hours into it because some of the people that's working around you are going to be doing that work for you. Right. And then you can spend as much time as you want to, especially with, you know, me teaching you the marketing tips. So now versus you just out here calling, you know what I'm saying, um, calling hospitals, trying to get a meeting. I teach you the way to call a hospital and actually get that meeting. I love it. And who to talk to in that meeting. I love it. So you don't have to put in a lot of time, but no. if you do, if you got that grind, yeah. you can go crazy in this business. Yeah, you can go crazy. And then if you, like you said, even if you do, but even if you don't have the grind, you still can scale up your business. Because let's just say this. Let's say if you're not even lucky enough, but let's say if your first two clients are clients that's bringing in 300K and you're taking home 100,000. That was my question, too. That was my question. One client, like, what is the average client, whether skilled or non-skilled, what is the average client worth um, to you? Honestly, worth probably like around a week, probably worth around three or $400 a week. That you get to keep? That I get to keep. And you put them together, that's after overhead, all that? After overhead, everything. So in a year, I want to say that's probably like around anywhere between twelve to... $17,000 per client. Bruh, I, when I was working in a cheesecake factory, I made like 30000 a year. <laughs> I'm making like they, 600 they a week. cheesecake. So, do you know how to make cheesecake? No, I don't make But I'm Man. saying, I'm in that joint like at, like at least 30 hours a week making mm -hmm. $600 a week. I mean, so, if I can get two clients, yeah. that's a cheesecake factory salary. Yeah, and but that's the reason why I tell people to scale up slow and build that foundation. Because at the end of the day, you get your first two or three clients. So let's just make it simple. The first month, you get your two clients. Each client brings in $400 a week. Mm -hmm. That's what? That's $800, that's $3,200 right there yeah. in that first month that you bring in off of just having two clients in your first month. Most people don't make $40,000 a year. Factual. So, so, so at, that, at that point, now you can build slowly and build that foundation. Because even if you get two more clients, the next, you had now 64000 Now you're at 64000 That's different. Neil, different. you want to go half on one? 
<laughs> Yo, <laughs> oh my gosh, this is amazing, bro. No, it, and, it, and it really is because at the end of the day, I tell people this, and you know, um, I seen a saying that really resonated with me um the other day on Instagram. Um, it was a saying that said, you know, um, I don't work any day because I'm always on vacation because I love what I do. Mm. So at the end, of, I love what I do. So every day to me is basically like a vacation because I love what I do. Um, and and some of the things what I do is like I literally sit in meetings with doctors, with nurses that have, I mean, maybe a 70 years worth of school. I mean, I, I sit in front of um, surgeons all the time. I sit in front of a surgeon who went to school, what, maybe 15 years, make 300K. And they're literally listening to everything that I have to say. The little kid from the south side of Atlanta that was a tattoo artist. You're literally listening to every word that I have to say because we have to work together to be able to get this kid from the hospital to the home. But just sitting there, I'm literally looking, you know, at the doctor talking to him. And I'm like, man, I make like 10 times more than you. <laughs> and, and I went to, and I, and I didn't, and I didn't have to go to school to do it, but we're essentially doing the same thing. And I just sit there and it resonates with me that I like, you know, you're, this doctor is changing people's lives, but I'm also changing people's lives. At the end of the day, so this is this is fun for me because I'm I'm taking care of people inside. Like I'm passionate about this because at the end of the day, I'm helping people, and that's mm-hmm. what I love to do. So anybody that that loves helping people, this is the perfect type of program. This is the perfect thing to get into because you know, in the world we live in today, you know, everybody's about their self. So mm-hmm. I'm able to help people and still make good money while I do it. I'm able to help people. And I don't need a college degree to do what I do. Um, and at the end of the day, like I said, that, that's one of the things that really resonate with me, um, you know, on a deeper level. That when I wake up in the morning, I know that my staff is taking care of individuals that cannot take care of themselves. Mm. If you're not changing somebody's life, if you're not changing somebody's life, then what are you doing here on this earth? And when I say changing somebody's life, if you're not, you know taking care of your son, if you're not taking care of your mother, if you're not putting a smile on somebody's face. I've had parents literally cry on the phone after talking to me for 15 minutes. I deal with families where the parent has, I mean, I'm giving you a real case. I have, um, I had a mother, one of my first cases where she had a seven-year-old kid that had cerebral palsy. For those seven years, she has never left her kid's side. Mm. The dad goes, um, he goes and works every day. She is with her son for seven years straight. After I started with her, within two months, um, I called the family just to check up on them. And the sister picked up the phone and said, oh, no, um, she's at Pilates. Oh. I'm like, she's at Pilates? She was like, yeah. And, she, and the sister literally thanked me and was like, you know, you've literally given us, giving her the freedom to be able to get out the house and do things that she never thought she would be able to do. So mm. at the end of the day, you know, how can you not love what you do? If you're, if you're talking to people and they're saying things like this, I have families that aren't able to make money because they're not able to work. Because you, it's hard for you to leave. It's not as simple as leaving your child with, you know, a 16-year-old to take care of her. Right. You have a kid that have a medical necessity that cannot walk, that cannot talk, that cannot feed themselves. That's 140 pounds. You know, uh, a 16-year-old may not be able to pick them up. And you don't want to even leave, leave them with them. But now you have this adult that's 25 years old, 30 years old, that have this um, certificate or have a, a license, a registered nurse license 
to be able to come in the home and do this, and they do this on a regularly, now you feel more comfortable to be able to go out and go do what you. I've literally had families tell me after a couple of months of us being in the home, I don't know how I survived without your company. Mm. I don't know what I was doing. And I reach out, and a lot of my clients come from the outskirts because they have those needs, and a lot of the bigger companies don't want to go out there. To, that's something I teach in my course, too, being able to find clients um, in different areas. So I'm reaching out to these parents and these doctor offices that never heard of these programs and I'm offering them something. So when I walk into that meeting, I'm literally giving them knowledge about something they never knew was there. And they're listening to almost how you're looking at me. You're literally like, they're literally listening to every word that I say because they're like, this is life changing. What I'm doing is life changing. And I love what I do at the end of the day. So that's why I say it's like a vacation because it's literally, I love what I do. So no matter what I do in my company, it's a love for it. It's a passionate for it. Wow. Do a lot of are, do a lot of companies get assistance from the government to pay you? Um, yes. That's amazing. Yes, a lot of companies do. And, and I guess I guess parents just don't know. Like yeah, they don't know the program. So the do you educate them on the program? So to- I educate them. I educate their doctor office on the program. Sometimes I call different facilities and things and say, hey, we have this program that's able to help the people. Um, you know, to be able to help your patients. And another way that I help market the doctor offices is for us to be able to work with a lot of our patients and things like this that's outside of private pay. We have to, like I said, get the physician's plan of treatment, which has to be signed off by a doctor. So now if you're a doctor office and you have to have that client or that patient come into the doctor office to get this paperwork signed off on, that doctor office just made money. From them coming in. Now they're able to bill Medicare, Medicaid, the insurance company, an extra billing um, because this client has to come in and get this paperwork signed. Mm. So we actually bring in money to the doctor office or the hospital or the urgent care clinic because of that right there. So when I go into these high power meetings and things like this, I'm literally sitting there going in my mind like, you need me. You don't know that you need me, but by the end of this meeting, you're going to be thinking in your mind like, wow, I need you. For sure. Here's my question too. Um... The how do you find the workers, the employees? Um, so I use different sources like um, Indeed, um, LinkedIn. I actually go to I have like my own hiring events because a lot of some of my clients actually come from the school. So throughout my course, I teach you like you know I said how to land. You have hiring like, events. Yeah, I have. So I actually, so what I would do is um, I would hold like, oh, like job fairs. Yeah, like job fairs. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Oh, gotcha. so I would hold a job fair um, like at a school or um, at a hospital or a clinic and different things like this. I work with them and then I hold a job fair and you know, we'll send out emails or we'll have people from the hospitals there like put up like our flyers and things and then they'll come to the job fair. That's lit. 
I want in. Come on. I want in. I, but I told That's you. Why I got to stop no. doing these interviews, man, because it just... That, I, 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 see, your problem, I told you back when we were you bowling. Did. When we were bowling, I said, David, just meet with me. We'll sit down and I'll get you in. I told you that. And now we're here. And now you're saying oh, it again. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know. Golly. It just... See, um, yes, man, because it, it, it embodies, like, what I really believe in in terms of being able to, um, to make money without like grinding because I yeah. used to want to grind and I kind of it was like a badge of honor like go oh, I'm about to grind to get into it but I could do that but also help a whole lot of people yeah. by connecting them to what they need yeah that is like that's my ideal career yeah I mean right I mean me sitting here right now within this hour there's no telling how much money I just made <laughs> I mean that, that, so like, like I said you know with a lot, a lot of people say you know you've heard it um, you know you're going to work the rest of your life unless you're making money when you sleep. Mm-hmm. I make money when I sleep. I make money when I brush my teeth. I'm making money right now because my staff is taking care of individuals that have a need. So as we just spoke, I'm literally just counting like... And we can do that too. And we can... And that's the God. biggest thing. And we can do you it can too. You can do it too. Okay? <laughs> no, I don't know what camera I'm looking at. You... And you definitely what, can do yeah, it. Yeah, you can do it too. And, and, but that's the basis of it. I literally put together this course to be able to teach people with no medical background with, you know, no medical degree, with no clinical on how to own and operate this company um, and get your permit. And that's what the whole, everybody can do this at man, the end of the day. Man, look, if a tattoo artist can make a million in his first year, so can I. You feel me, Mitch? <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like, no disrespect to tattoo <laughs> artists, but I feel like I'm, I'm bright enough to do that. All right, look, man, one, uh, thank you so much for coming. I'm going to ask you two more questions. For one, let me just do it now, Okay. No, first, I got to do a commercial real quick, okay? okay? Um, this episode is sponsored by, what's your company? <laughs> Bobby Lunch, and uh, this is sponsored by you. But uh, I got to do a quick commercial. Okay. And I need you to come up with something deep and thought-provoking to tell the people to end off with, okay? Okay. All right, so think about that. I'm going to do this commercial real okay. quick. This episode is sponsored by uh, the only organization that gathers every single morning for the betterment of entrepreneurs. It's called The Morning Meetup. The Morning Meetup. TheMorningMeetup.com. We gather every single day. Eight, yeah, let me tell you, Gooch, first off. I don't know if you knew, but yeah. I started this uh, this company called TheMorningMeetup.com. And um, I figured, because I, I coach and teach entrepreneurs, I said, man, I literally have a passion for teaching entrepreneurs, especially people who haven't started a business or mm-hmm. they want to get into business or they've been doing it for a little, little while and they're, they're hitting a ceiling. Or entrepreneurs, I believe, need a community of people who can yeah. help win together. Like, you know, like all, all of us to get together. Well, well, you know something funny? One of the things that I say is, have you ever heard the term it takes a village to raise a kid? Yes. At the end of the day, um, it takes a village to raise an entrepreneur too. Big facts. And that's one of the biggest things that, that you know, I kind of, I kind of, you know, teach on is at the end of the day, you can teach me something. But at the end of the day, I can take what you taught me. I can take what Neo taught me. I can take what Chloe taught me. I can take what all of these different people have taught me and made it my own. Because being an entrepreneur is just more than, like I said, being an entrepreneur is just more than just making money. Being an entrepreneur, it, it literally takes a lot out of us. So it literally takes a village to be able to breed an entrepreneur. And if you're new to being an entrepreneur, then at the end of the day, you need to study up on all these different things that all these different people are telling you because one person can tell you from A to Z how they did it. 
if you follow those steps, sometimes you're not able to do it because they haven't been through what you've been through in life. They don't have the resources that you had or you don't have the resources that they had. But if I take what you've taught me, if I take what Neil taught me, if I take what Mitch have taught me, and then I make it my own way, now that gives me a leg up because now I have more knowledge on where I'm trying to get to. And that's my village. My village is all the people that's giving me knowledge. So you ever ran to somebody that said, hey, my friend have, uh, my friend made $100 million last year, so I'm just going to listen to him. Mm. Okay. Yeah, your friend made $100 million last year, but you haven't been through what he's been through. And he probably made $50 million a year before. You're just starting off. So you need to take the knowledge that David has taught you, that I've taught you, that X, Y, and Z have taught you, and you make and grind your own way. Because no matter what has happened, you have to make it your own way. And taking information, what you're doing is great because you're taking a lot of people who have a lot of different knowledge Mm -hmm. and you're presenting it to one person. And now they can pull from A, B, C, and D to be able to make their own way. And that's one of the biggest things that being an entrepreneur, it takes a village to raise an entrepreneur. Dang, I feel like I owe you lunch for that commercial. That was really good. (laughs) So what Gucci's really trying to tell you is go to themorningmeetup.com and enroll. You need a community, man. And I'm going to do something special only because Gucci's here. You get to start for a dollar. You get a dollar trial for a whole week, okay? Just come tap in with us. You get to hear from me every single morning, me and my really celebrity uh, entrepreneur, high-level friend. You going to come on the call and talk one day? Of course. Okay, cool, cool. The community is amazing. Literally, hundreds of entrepreneurs gather every single day, every morning, 8 a.m. Eastern Standard Time to 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time for the Betterment of Entrepreneurship. We have a book club, so we're reading a book every single month and every day. We just read a chapter. We Chapter by chapter. We're not telling you to finish a book in a week. Chapter by chapter, we discuss it every day. It's amazing. Go to themorningmeetup.com and enroll. Okay, Gooch, I want to say thank you, man, Uh, because I feel like that could be my next million-dollar business. Man, let's go. That's awesome. I'm ready. All right, I I like to make predictions on the podcast, okay? Okay. So um, I want to know where you see yourself in the next five to 10 years so that I can watch this and say, yo, Gooch said he was going to do that five years ago. I got the video. I got the interview. Okay, he said it. It's on camera. So five to 10 years, just give me a prediction of some things you think you're going to accomplish. Um, five to 10 years, have a kid. That's oh. one thing I want to do, actually have a kid. Um, no. Are you single now? Yeah, I'm single now. Word? Yeah. Dang, that must be tough. Is it? I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> no, it definitely, all those definitely cars is. and all the you got, golly. No, it, de- it definitely, definitely is hard. But um, in five to ten years, I expect to once I get done and get my hold on, a wife and kid or just a kid? Wife and kid. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they had they had a wife and kid. So you know, some have, royal oats. But okay, no. All right, so kid, family. Um, okay. Yeah, but five to ten years. Um. Really, I have a passion for teaching other people how to be their own bosses and how to be their own entrepreneurs and things. Mm-hmm. So in five to 10 years, I want to help 100 people be able to make a million dollars. That's one mm. of the biggest things. Because like I said, I'm, I'm one of those people that are able to teach my knowledge to other people and simplify it. So, you know, it's different things that, that I try to teach people. And I literally just tell people, you know, when I first meet them, one of the first things I do when I meet people that, you know, want to change their lives, I ask them for their phone. And I have them pull up their social media. And what I do is I go through their social media, just there, you know, I just literally go through their feed and I literally say, you're not ready to change your life because you're literally surrounding yourself around or you're looking at things that is not actually taking you to the next level. So I challenge people. I I say, look, delete 10 to 15 things that isn't changing your life right now. The the first 10 to 15 people that we see that um, when we go to their page, 
is not dropping knowledge or some type of motivation, delete these people. And then you follow people like David. You follow people like, you know, uh, Nehemiah Davis. You have to change what you're doing and your surroundings to be able to make it to the next level. And I teach people in the same instance um, something else that just because you have a friend or friend group that you grew up with, that you've been through the mud with, doesn't mean that's going to be the friend group that's going to take you to the next level. So at the end of the day, you have to start surrounding yourself. You have to start seeing it and eating it. So doing something simple, like when you get on your social media now versus you looking at people in the club, now you're looking at motivational type, um, motivational type posts and people that's literally giving you gems and dropping game and on Clubhouse and like the things that you post that's literally showing you how to make money. Now it's almost kind of like a, a mind thing. If you listen to a certain type of music every day when something in that rap song that happens or whatever you listen to happen, you know, you're almost more blind to it. Mm-hmm. So if now you're surrounding yourself around things that are life-changing, if you're surrounding yourself around things that, or people that are changing your life, now you can make it to the next level. So just because that same friend that you've been hanging out with for 10 years is stuck in that same place, sometimes you have to change your friend group. And when I say change your friend group, you know, they have different type of things like what you do. They have different type of clubhouses every night that you can get into. They have business meetups where you can sign up and go to those business meetups and meet other entrepreneurs or people that want to change their lives. If you show me your friend group, I can tell you where you're going to be at in 10 years. So you have to change. You have to literally change who you are. And that's one of the biggest things you have to change. And just because you had a friend or a friend group that you've been with that's been down for you doesn't mean that's going to be the friend group that's going to take you to the next level. See, so that that was my motivation. That was thing the deep. The okay, okay. That was the deep thing. All right, so get back. So five to ten years, family, and make a hundred and have a hundred people make a million dollars. People make a million dollars. I love it, man. Cool. Thank you. Thank you so much, my brother. Thank you, and I, I love what you're doing and the fact that you created a course because that ain't. I mean, you could just keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, I could. Right? Without, you know, teaching other people how to do it. And I, be, I believe that's just a, 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 a very strong, um, noble goal. No, it is. Not for me to make $100 million. Not yeah. for me to make $500 million. But I want to teach 100 people how to change their life and change their family's life. That's amazing. So thank and that's you, what we're brother. built on. But can I have one of those hoodies too? Oh, absolutely, hundred okay. percent. I think that I think that one might fit me. But you know, I got one in the truck. Actually, <laughs> I got one for you. The entrepreneur, yeah, you can go to sleepisforsuckers.com and get you a hoodie. <laughs> All right, Goose man, I appreciate you, man. Um, any other closing words? Um, I just want to say and say the first step sometimes is the hardest step. Facts. And the only person. Oh, real quick, click the link. The link is here, and I want you to use the promo code Social Proof. One word. Promo code. Social proof, okay? I don't know what the discount's going to be right now. I just asked me. Just came up with it, okay? It wasn't a plan. It's going to be a big discount. For you, it's going to be a big discount. Word? Yes, I'm going to make sure it's a big discount. It's my guy right there. <laughs> Listen, man, click the link below. Use promo code social proof and be a part of that hundred. I'm sorry, go ahead. Oh, no. So up. I was about to say, the first step sometimes is the, well, most of the time is the hardest step. The only mm-hmm. person that control that first step is you. Mm-hmm. So because I, when I say that is you, um, nobody can stop you from taking that first step. But you can allow people to get inside your head to say that, hey, you know, um, don't do that. I've tried that and it didn't work. But at the end of the day, you know your own abilities. You know what you're capable of. So you have to sometimes drown out. When I first started my business, um, my family really wasn't behind my back. And I got like a lot of bad, um, you know, people just, they weren't behind my back. They told me no. They told me don't do this. But now I pay most of their bills. Mm. So that first step was really hard. The fear 
of taking that first step. But I grinded through and I took that first step. And a lot of entrepreneurs know that, you know, it's, it's, it's lonely when you, it's literally lonely when you first start. <laughs> it's literally lonely when you first start. And at the end of the day, just because your friends don't see your vision doesn't mean anything at the end of the day. So you have to take that first step. And taking that first step is going to the link below, the social proof link, and then tuning in to everything that he's doing. And that's a great first step. Just start taking tiny steps of changing your surroundings. And I promise it'll make the biggest difference. There it is. Listen, we can't close it out no better than that, man. Do me a favor, <laughs> y'all. Uh, first, you got to follow. Oh, how can I get in touch with you? Um, at So my Instagram tag is at whoisgooch. And then my website is homehealthcareblueprint.com. But we definitely, we're going to have the tag below facts. for you to be able to link in and tap in. Big facts. Listen, man, I need you to go follow my brother Gooch um, and do me a favor, okay? Go get you some social proof. All I'm asking you to do is go build something. Be an inspiration to somebody in your community, but I'm asking you to promise me, promise me that after you build something, you're this big inspiration that you go back to your community and teach somebody how you did it, okay? Go follow my brother Gooch. Click the link below. Let's go make this million. We out of here. Peace. Thanks. David Chance presents to you the morning meetup. Do you have an idea you need to get off the ground? Are you a small business owner looking to earn supplemental income or replace your current income? Come and join the most amazing mentorship and accountability group for entrepreneurs live with David Shands himself. That's right. This is not pre-recorded and it's not a replay. This is live every morning, Monday through Friday at 8 a.m. Eastern. In addition to the live calls, you also receive a weekly individual Q&A call, a private Facebook community, access to all call replays, and access to David's list of resources and contacts you need to be in an environment of success so head over to themorningmeetup.com today for your one dollar seven day trial that's right just one dollar for seven days of access to the morning meetup take massive action towards manifesting your dreams today themorningmeetup.com you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.